Well, 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 who do we have here? Welcome back to Outside Perspective, everybody. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I say welcome back. I assume uh, you've been here before listening to me. If you haven't, welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, we have a great uh, we have a great podcast for you today. I have a great podcast for you today. Um, before I get to my guest, first. Let me tell you about my friends over at Jombo Superfoods. This episode is brought to you by them. You can go to jombocbd.com today and check out all of their phenomenal products. They have drops for you and the pets. They have sprays. They have a ghee. They have a lip balm. They have a muscle balm, which I absolutely love. It's been game-changing ever since I've implemented it into my recovery protocol. I use it every night. Um, I put it on my fingers. I put it on my elbows. I put it on my ankles. It's it's just been game changing. Um, so many people are experiencing relief and and they're getting a lot of help and benefits from CBD. And uh, I think you will too. So go over to jombocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout and you will save twenty percent off of your entire order. Are you having issues sleeping? Are you having issues stemming from inflammation? Then this could help you. It probably will help you. It's helping so many people just like you. So go to jombocbd.com today. Save 20% at checkout with the code OUTSIDE. This episode is also brought to you by Imposed Will, which is my company. Go over to imposedwill.com. We just dropped our full line of apparel. Also, while you're there, uh, please sign up for the mailing list. That way you can stay up to date and you'll be in the know on everything that is happening at Imposed Will. Thank you guys so, so much. All right, my guests today, plural. I think I feel like we've been having quite a few, uh, you know, episode or I guess these these last few episodes you know we've had two people on so it's been it's been uh it's been pretty cool sitting down with all of these people um but to my guest today they are some sophisticated hoosiers I sit down with Steve Elgin and Craig Kohler I met these fellows again at the Mocan Bizcon conference they have a show called the Hoosier Sophisticate it is on uh, AM radio. It is also they also have a podcast that you can check out on all the platforms, and they will plug that as well. So, and you can check out the notes if you were you know if you want to get a hold of them. But these dudes are fucking rad. Uh, you know, sometimes you just meet people, and it's just like, man, you guys are definitely on the same vibration as me. And and these guys are super cool. So, again, met them at the Mocan BizCon conference. They were uh, set up there doing interviews. You know, talking to the folks. Um, you know, they had their show going on and it was really cool to, uh, to connect with them afterwards and just shoot the shit. Now I'm going to tell you right now, we get a little silly, uh, man, Steve especially is a comedian and, uh, Craig is funny too, but Steve, we talk about it just off the go. He is just cracking fucking jokes and man, it's a good time. So, um, I will stop my rambling. We will get to the episode. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I have Steve Elgin and Craig Kohler, the sophisticated Hoosiers. Darn right, I always do. You guys have some sexy voices. <laughs> yeah, we've been practicing. We've been working on this for a while. Oh, all right, gentlemen, let's rock and roll. So, let's do it. since I had two people here, I will let you guys introduce your guys' self real quick um, because then we can register a name with the voice. Perfect. Who wants to go first? Steve, Craig? Steven? Uh, you go by Steve or Steven? You're about to find out, fella. Okay. Um, okay. My name is Steven Georgia Elgin. Uh, put a little Michael in there, Stephen George Michael Elgin. That's my confirmation name. Um, and I go by Steve most of the time. Okay. Uh, I've been called a lot worse, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can call me Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how this is going to go, fellas. Yeah, this is exactly how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm Craig Kohler. On Facebook, Jeez. you'd find me as Craig A. Kohler. I'm Steve's co-host. 
on Hoosier Sophisticate on Friday nights here in St. Louis on WGNU 920 AM. Hoosier Sophisticate podcast on all major podcasting platforms. And other than that, I'm just a regular Joe. Yeah, man, you guys are some sophisticated Hoosiers. And I must say, you have a nice head of hair, Craig. Oh, thank you. I felt Shot like I was having right a the, good. I, I felt like I was having a good hair day today. Dude, it's almost like Clark Kentish. I know. There's Appreciate a, that. There's a lot of hair in the room the right now. The little Superman. Oh I got a lot of hair, so I was growing you mine do. out. You got big I, league lettuce. <laughs> no doubt. Dude, man, is this gonna whole thing gonna be about hair? Because I'll just. I mean, guys, show them your body hair. I have none of that. No, that's either. true. He's like a porpoise. Yeah, he's famously smooth. like a porpoise. I I didn't learn. Funny story. Um, I didn't learn to swim till later in life, but turns out I'm pretty good at it. End of story. <laughs> Not that good of a story. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> well, you're alive, so you must be great at it. Yeah, no doubt. I had a few traumatic experiences as a child with swimming. Made me afraid of the water. And then you guys get it. We're muscular guys, okay? <laughs> We're dense, muscular guys. You, you guys get it. We sink, yeah. I remember I had a bigger friend. And we're at the pool, and we're treading water. And this guy's like, he could tread water for days, but I could outdo him in every athletic thing. And I'm like, I just can't tread water. Like, you're good, man. And some lady comes walking by, and she's like, you know why he can tread better than you, right? And I'm like, no, I've, what, what's the deal? And she's like, he's fat. <laughs> and I was like, just more buoyant. Uh, okay, yeah. And then it really took him down a notch. And we immediately stopped being friends after that. So. <laughs> you you relayed the information to him? He was sitting right there. She said oh, it right. Like he wasn't even faces. there. Oh, yeah. wow. She said it right both on our faces. Cold-blooded. It was at uh, the apartment complex off of uh, in South County where all the street names have uh, alcohol names or whatever. It's like Heineken. and uh, that, that, that I believe that that place exists in South County. I've yeah, never Butler. seen it. But Butler Hill. Shout out to Bet- Butler Hill. Like true Jeffco South County. <laughs> No, this is right off of uh, 55 oh, and Butler Hill. Oh, Butler Hill. Hill. That's, you know. Is that Jefferson County? No. No. I don't know. South County. <laughs> well, just you're Northsider. Me? I'm actually from Jefferson City. Um, yeah, where are you but, from? Let's get into yeah, this. Yeah, let's talk about that. So <laughs> I love long walks on the beach. Okay. Um, no, so yeah, I grew up in Jefferson City, and then I moved here from, uh, or to go to school for wrestling. I've just kind of been here ever since. I left for a year to live in San Antonio, and then I came back to like kick off my fight career. What school did you wrestle at here in San Louis? Lindenwood? Lindenwood. Real briefly. Right real on. Briefly. Nice. Yeah, dude. So I was a dumbass kid, and I was like, oh, man, I fucking, this pussy is amazing. This must be forever. My hair is amazing. All this pussy that's <laughs> gravitating to all of this. No, just the one. Just the one high school sweetheart. I thought this was Oh, like, really? Yeah, like this must oh, okay. be forever, dude. So we got married. We had a couple kids. I had a kid, I had my son whenever I was 20. How so old are you now? 32, 31. I'll be 32 in December. Dude, you look great. Oh, I thought you were way younger than yeah, us. Yeah, you look phenomenal. Thanks, dude. And right you, on. You're a fighter? Yeah, I fought for a decade. Cool. Your face is still so nice. What? I got some scars. I know, I've been, I know I've been but they're like, those they're give like you care. They're like Drogo. Drogo. Yeah. You get, you get it. it. <laughs> you you get, oh, gosh. Cal Drogo scars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, oh, I got one right here, and this one makes me look sexier right by my dimple. Kind of draws attention to it. Get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm pretty lame because of that. But, uh, yeah, man, I've just been here for, for fucking uh, ever now, I guess it feels like. Good. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're happy to have you here. But uh, we're not Screw here to- you, Jeff City. We got him now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean. Picked him up off of waivers. You guys count this as North County? Is this, this sure. I mean, this isn't technically North County, though, Anything right? above 40. It's, it's what like, county is it? Because, I mean, this is like, for this, me, this is north. This is very north. This is, to me, like, this is like the, the, the edge of North County. It's like, it's like Midwest County. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Craig drives me everywhere. I have no idea where we're at. I, we, it's a role-playing thing. That On we a do. map. I have uh, no idea. We could he be makes me wear a little cabbie hat. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's also somewhat arousing. I smoke cigarettes out of a long wand, and I'm like, you're going the wrong way. It's, I, I get that 100%. That's my best friend and I's relationship growing up. He doesn't know where anything is because I just drove everywhere. I like driving. Yeah. I don't. I used to just drive around, and we would just smoke blunts and just get lost. That was my favorite pastime growing Damn up. Damn right, dude. Back road. Yep. Or go find, like, the big houses. Like, I remember doing – I grew up in – or, well, I grew up here in St. Louis, South City. Moved away when I was a freshman in high school to Springfield. And so when I, when I was put into Springfield, it was kind of – it was very suburban where I lived, but you were three minutes away from – a lot more rural area. Oh, yeah. So I would just get lost on these back roads and all of a sudden like, boom, giant house would just pop boom, up in the hill. You know, like yeah. 10,000, 12,000 square feet. I'm like, 
This is just somebody's little getaway, huh? Like, <laughs> Imagine the drugs they're doing in that place. Oh, copious amounts. Mm. It's getting wild. But, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, man, like driving, back roading, getting lost. Oh, I, sure. I like picking a direction and just going yeah. and see where you end up. Like if you've got a weekend, you're like, oh, I want to do a little weekend trip. It's awesome. Just jump in your car and just yeah, yeah. be spontaneous about it. It is. It is. But, hey, guys, we're not here about me. We're here for you. I want to talk about you guys. All right. I mean, okay, it, is, it is the Craig and Steve show right now. I know, I know. It's you're, tough. It's a Steve you're, show. You're, <laughs> I know you're, I know, show. I know you're bashful. I know you guys are bashful, but are you guys are doing some cool ass shit with uh, who's your f- sophisticate. Blah. Yeah, it's hard. We've messed it up too. I can't say. Our it. producer, it tongue, it <laughs> tongues them up all the time. It tongues, <laughs> it tongues them up every, like just lathers every night, just up and down. Yes. Yeah, it tongues yes. them. Who's your sophisticate? He he uh, he stumbles on it quite often, so don't feel bad. Yeah. So how'd this come about? Well, um, funny you should ask that. I've always had a penchant for comedy. <laughs> I think we all know that. Um, but okay, no, I, I, tell. I wrote in, uh, tried to write these emails into 590 AM. They had this morning show that it was on for a while, and then like it went away, and I lost touch of it. But they always had this email uh, competition at the end of the day that I would always kind of listen to and be like, oh, this is, you know, th- these are pretty funny. Uh, I wonder if I could get one read. Because my cousin would call in, and that's uh, Joe Parisi. Shout out to Joe Parisi. You had him on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome dude. He wrote in as well. <clears throat> I didn't even know it was him. And we had this whole battle going back and forth before we realized it was each other. Mm-hmm. So my buddy ends up seeing one of the guys from the radio show at a blues game, says, hey, you should start reading this guy's stuff. They start reading my stuff on the, the email of the day. I win a few times, um, go on a little run. Uh, then I actually go on an actual run for the blues and like all this just stupid, just self, you know, like, Hey, look at me, <laughs> look at what Steve's doing, you know, try to rally. That's what I was doing. Um, but you know, I'm rallying the city for the blues. We didn't win it, but I got a lot of good feelings about this year, boys. Um, this is going to be the one <laughs> this is the year boys. This is the <laughs> year boys. Um, so I did this run, got some, you know, I just, I love the attention. You know what I mean? And then somebody donated, uh, money in the honor that I just ran and cut off shorts, cut off jean shorts and a half shirt, ran around. I broke my wrist and playing construction boots, right? Yeah, oh, and hiking construction boots. boots. I yeah, it was ridiculous. So I broke my arm playing kickball. This was the precursor that did everything. So if I didn't break my arm, I wouldn't have had this time off work till I could start writing these emails in to start winning all these like little email of the day prizes, and they play it off like it's this big deal. And that's what, you know, it becomes this big deal because the show plays it off and they get like 600,000 downloads a month. You know, so they're, they're a nice little, they've carved out a nice little piece. So what were these emails like? What, what, like, what, oh, God. were they just funny emails or oh, like, do you have, God. you have some samples or do you, I know you just remember the I best do. <laughs> um, like one of my favorites is there's a guy, Doug Vaughn, the channel Four KMOV uh, sports host. His favorite player <laughs> is Ken Boyer. Okay. So, uh, and all the emails usually go after Doug. Say, hey, Doug, you got a nice butt. I'd like to do stuff, you know, to it. Yeah, so they're sexually all... harassing, a, yeah. a, you know, a, a pentanarian uh, <laughs> sportscaster that, yeah. you know, like, like it's just sexually harassing him the whole time. And he's just so, he's just such he's a like, good straight enough. man. He's just That's such enough. a good straight He's man. got kids. He's <laughs> just trying to live the best life he can. And he's being sexually harassed. On the daily, he's, on he's this appalled. Radio show. He's appalled, but kind of faux appalled at this at this yes. whole uh, yeah, uh, he following of the show. Like, what kind of idiot listens to this show? Kind of thing. He, one of the funniest guys, I think, for for yeah. your dollar, one of the funniest guys in San. Someone Louis to San think San. about getting on the podcast. He oh, is. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, just a great overall channel four news too. guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm a sports guy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I wrote an email that said uh, his favorite baseball player was Ken Boyer. So I played off of that, and you know, I wanted to come out of left field because what I went into it. Once I got one read and once I won a few, I was like, okay, that gives me some validation. I am funny. I am a little bit funny. Like these masses think I'm funny. Um, then I had to start switching up. So I had characters like Nick the Nine-Year-Old, um, Deacon Pete, uh, <laughs> Carl from Kansas City. But I wrote this one to Doug uh, that was, hey, I remember back in the day uh, – you know, this is a true story is how I played it off. This is a true story back in the day. I remember my grandpa used to tell me this story about Ken Boyer. He saw him in an in a ice cream shop after the game, just back when the players would just, you know, my grandpa was in the ice cream shop. 
in one of those caps with the propeller on the top. <laughs> and Doug Vaughn, they're reading this, and Doug's like, oh, Ken Boyer, this, oh, this is a good, like, he's into it. He's like, I'm going to actually hear a good email about a story about baseball. I'm on a sports show at this time. It was still kind of a sports show. And uh, it's always been kind of a variety show, but that still, I think, like, they've shifted. And so I said, oh, and Ken Boyer comes up, and he goes, hey, kiddo. And uh, I turned to him and said, oh, Ken Boyer. And he's like, you know, can I buy you an ice cream? And I'm like, yeah, sure, but why are you wearing that feed bag and assless chaps? And Doug Bond's like, no, no, you do not talk about Ken Boyer that way. So I tried to, you know, sneak up on him at times, do different things. I would write songs like they had a Darren uh, Atkins is this guy, Peoria Plowboy. He was their producer who became this character on the show. Big cannabis advocate without even knowing it, like had 600,000 or yeah, 600,000 downloads listening to him talk about cannabis when all of them were like, what's, a, what's up with the, with the cannabis thing? And he just kind of smoked and kind of just knew what was going on. So it was, he unbeknownst became like the, one it of the biggest voices. It was a great spot. It was a great yeah. spot because the, the demographic that he was reaching was not a very cannabis centric yes. demographic. Not at You're all. talking about much more middle-aged audience, a lot more country Sports club, show. Yeah. you know, uh, golf fans, Those not, not to say that that's not happening, but, but he definitely changed a lot of minds. And whenever one person would dig in, we covered this a little bit on our show last week, but whenever one person would dig in against him, he's like, I just hammer him with facts. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and whether or not you change that person's mind doesn't matter. He's always got six or 7,000 people seeing what he's doing on social media. Yeah, and that's and, what matters. And, and he's also reaching 600,000 downloads and however many people terrestrial radio. So it was like it was he, – he didn't. you're right. He didn't realize how powerful of a oh, message yeah. he had. Yeah. And, and so <clears throat> I would write – I wrote songs for him. Like Darren the, the Plowboy was Frosty the Snowman and talked about how much weed he smoked. And he handles like a great work ethic – and just as like an all-around good guy, yeah. so he was a great. I know a lot of uh, good drug dealers. Advocate. Yeah, he was a great, great advocate, advocate for yeah. it. So that's that. And then they asked me. Uh, they said they had some time opening up. This guy Buck Swope from the show said there's he was going to do a show, which was like a recap show. And I was like, I'd love to have my own little show about TMA. I was just going to do my own thing. So I got a show at eleven o'clock on Friday nights. Called yeah. it the Changing Station. Okay. Um, it was play on. A lot of my emails dealt with stepdads. Like, I was always talking about my stepdad. I was like, like, Doug Vaughn also is like, build the wall, like that type of guy. You yeah. know, like, we got to keep America safe, you know, just kind of. But totally lovable. Yeah, kind of like yeah. our uncle who's like, okay, bud, I still love you, but Jesus Christ, lay off the Fox <laughs> News and the Rush Limbaugh or whatever. <laughs> like, I get it. Some of it's okay, but. So I, so one of the emails, uh, one of my favorites, too, is like, hey, me and my stepdad, we're out. Uh, we're Masons. And we're out building this masonry wall, and we're building it all around Kirkwood. So I hope you're, uh, you know, hope you're happy about it, Mr. Vaughn. I go, well, I guess we will be uh, building it if we can keep our fingers out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and he went in, he went into a giggle fit for a minute. And Tim McKernan, the guy who runs the show, he's like, "That's what did it? Like that? That got you?" Um, so, so then I had a show at eleven, and I w the first show, first or second show. Uh, Deke, shout out to Deke Dotem. We did a, a banana eating contest on the radio. We're like, oh, I, 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 I got nine inches, and then we're like, oh, the one dude ate the whole thing. He was <laughs> fit the whole thing down there, and so it became that. And then I, I saw him, Craig, uh, Craig A. Kohler on Facebook, and he, someone, we had all the same friends, all of the same connections. I was eighty like, mutual friends. How do I not know this guy? Like, I have to know him. Um, and he had. Something about ayahuasca had come up, and he said, oh, I ceremonied one time, or I forget how it even came up. And so I go, will you come on the show uh, to talk about ayahuasca? Because then I started to get in. I was like, oh, I can talk about whatever I want at 11 o'clock. I want to become this weird show that people might catch because we were big in the pizza delivery guy. Like any it, That pizza, was the one benefit call of that time like, slot, man. Like it was like, whoa, man, were you guys talking about <laughs> mushrooms? Oh, is this for real? And I'm like, yeah, you're on the radio. Um, so so how, long, how long were you doing the show at this point? I, this is all about three, three years months. ago. Yeah, it was three years ago, and he was probably doing the show. It was probably in the third month that he asked me to yeah. be on. Okay. He'd been following me on social media for a while before that. So we actually grew up. Yeah. St. Louis is weird, man, because, you know, all of the, the neighborhoods are segmented by parishes. And so people think that the, the whole question about asking where you went to school is high school is funny and very St. Louis. And, but, like, for, if you grew up in South City, it's really where would you go to grade school. And that's how you place people 
in their neighborhoods wow, where they live throughout the city, you know. And I mean, but it's not a derogatory thing. Like if I were to say something like, like Steve went to St. Boniface, I went to Resurrection as an adult with a car. We, you know, we're a, we were a five, six minute mm. drive from one another. Yeah. If that, if that, if that, but I mean, as kids growing yeah. up, we were miles away, but all of our friends, I moved away my freshman year of high school. So pretty much every kid from my class, every boy, we all went to St. Mary's and all boys school which is like the, the Catholic school for South City boys, you know, especially if they wanted to be in athletics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Steve ended up going to CBC, but all of his buddies went to St. Oh, yeah. Mary's. Oh, my, so like, my whole class went so to So all Mary's. his grade school buddies and all my grade school buddies all went yeah. to the same school, and they all hung out. And almost guaranteed – I mean, definitely guaranteed, you know, had I, had I stayed in St. Louis, Steve and I would have been hanging out by the end of the freshman – you know, probably another couple of months. Oh, just freshman year, I remember going to over. St. Mary's party – Scotty Smith, and there was this guy, My this gosh. jackal with like a Clark Kentian type haircut. I vaguely remember it, you know, one of those <laughs> things. And he had all the jello shots. He's like, I'm going to do all the jello shots. That was definitely I'm not gonna do all the jello shots. <laughs> Just like that, too. Yeah, he's like, I'm the jello shot king. And I was like, is that something to be proud of? <laughs> Are you convinced that that was me? No, I just made that up. No, because he did say that. Like, and there was a, there, a party there where, is a chance where we were Scott at Scott Smith's where I think you saw me. That's Maybe. Possible. But anyway, so I you kissed know, a guy who looked just like we you. had all of these, uh, <laughs> all these mutual friends. Oh, yeah, that was, that was you. That was you. Yeah. That was you. <laughs> we had all these mutual friends. We came together, and uh, you know, he he said my dad was dying at the time, so I'm writing my feelings every day on Facebook, and just like shit's just pouring out of me. Yeah, but in a great, beautiful way. You know, like in a in a totally the best yeah. I've ever written sort of way. You know, you know, sure. whenever you're in a really deep place, Facebook's the place to go. Well, you that's know, when you do your best writing for sure. Oh, and just I, sometimes I wrote, I, sometimes I wrote posts that I didn't share with anybody. I yeah. just wrote them so that it was just logged. It comes up in my memories, whatever the, yeah. the diary oh, nice. can remind me. Yeah. But sometimes I want to the idea that it's like, even if you don't hit posts or you don't intend to hit posts, it's like the idea that it's like a public confession. Yeah. You're, you're literally taking it out of you and putting it on something else. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think that there's something to that. I was talking the other day about how, you know, uh, somebody was talking to me about how they have a hard time navigating anger. And I'm like, ah, I don't do anger much, but I do morose. And I think I'm addicted to morose sometimes What's because morose? like just, just super sad, super de- like uh, almost, de- you know, depressed. Uh, okay. But I've never really considered myself depressed, but like in those moments, like, but when that would happen, like I'm listening to much more lyrical music, like the national or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm inspired by these poets that are writing these songs that yeah. he's got are, this black trench coat. He always wears, and this but beekeeper's think, helmet, which is a weird choice, but uh. yeah, no, that's when I, yeah, that's when I turn it up a little notch, but, but I think, you know, Steve would, uh, it, you know, he would testify that for the most part, you know, I listen to sad music, but I'm a generally pretty happy oh, and, and happiest just, dude ever. Just, yeah. Not, shit really doesn't shake me, but I do do sad sometimes. And that's when I write my best. And so, like, at that time, I was, I was putting a lot of stuff out there, and my circle grew great. I was, I was in a really good headspace, kind of meditating through my dad's whole thing, trying to figure out this mortality, have the opportunity to do ayahuasca, uh, do this session, have, like, one of the most, you know, transcendental experiences of my, of my existence. Was that, that in I the country or was that out of It country? was in the country, yeah. It was a little private deal. Um, it was amazing, man. Like it was, it was amazing. It was done with intention. It was very much, you know, followed the old ways or so. This, I mean, there's so many different, it's, it's very, it's a very tribal experience, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, each tribe would have a, a, have their own little spin on, on, uh, you know, how a ceremony would actually look. Yeah. Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus has a great podcast about that, talking about how, or I think it was maybe it was Hamilton Souther on Aubrey Marcus, but he was, you know, just talking about how it's a very tribal existence down there. And so they're, most of their best warriors were also their shaman. Yeah. So there was definitely a, 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 your tribe was, was definitely influencing your tribe's dominance over other tribes. There was very much a warrior spirit put into this medicine ceremony. Yeah. That so, makes sense. so like, so to say that like it was like the real thing is, you know, that's kind of subjective, but it was, right. what I mean was it wasn't, 
disrespected. It was, we had it was very much set oh, setting. Definitely was in, was set and setting intentions. We had Ikaros being sung to us the whole time. Right. I mean, it was very isolated in the experience. And I had right. The medicine was administered. It was, I mean, you didn't have to be like in the jungles of Peru. Yeah. You right. Know what I mean, it's right. still it's still an authentic experience. It, it was auto tune Ikaros. It was. Yeah. It was. It was like T Pain. Ikaros remix. So I had I had an unbelievable time. My sister had also done it with me. Uh, my dad at this point had been sick uh, with terminal cancer for seven months. So, I mean, he was only given probably nine to live. So, uh, and he had just decided to stop chemo. So this kind of all lined up with the dates that we were going to be gone and we were gone and we did this and only to find out like, or both of us have an experience where dad is very much with us in this trip, in this journey. Yeah. And so, um, but then like the next morning we turn on our phones and both of us have like 150 missed calls and our aunts are pissed off. My mom's pissed off. Dad almost died last night, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dad didn't almost die last night. He was just, he was with me. Was you know, like he was fine. So like I came back and like, at that point, my dad's lucidity really started to slip. You know, he, after the chemo, like it was, it was, um, it was maybe coincidental um, that, that it happened kind of whenever the chemo stopped because they said the chemo really wasn't doing anything to attack the cancer. Um, but his lucidity was really slipping. And like, as I was explaining this experience to him, you know, like he, um, he was lucid in that moment and he was kind of, I think, absorbing it. And we, it, it was a very real moment. So from that, um, my idea of my mortality, my idea of life and death. Did your dad have experience with psychedelics? Oh, I mean, not that he ever shared with me, which is one of my great regrets because hearing things third, you know, third person yeah. from uh, like my dad's one of 15 kids oh shit and so like when the younger brothers the younger brothers are like i mean you know like all of them have like out of 15 kids like my dad's identity was like the big tall handsome athlete big brother that was going to take care of yeah. you type thing and and all and there's it's amazing to me that out of these 15 kids all of them have such unique personalities definitely have their similarities but yeah. unique personalities and i've heard stories about how he and he had an irish twin joe who was also just a big monster of a man and, um, you know, they were just wild. They were wild. There were three boys that were right, you know, he, Joe, my uncle Dave, they were all together and they were just madmen. Yeah. You know, Dave was the guy that just climb a, you know, a hundred foot tree and, you know, 12 <laughs> seconds or something, just like swing down. And he was just a madman. That's why you can't have that many kids. And man. they were always doing like uh, stop motion stuff with video. Like in, they grew up across from Cronulet Park. So like they'd be standing on a tree stump. And then, like, they would jump off and they would fly across to the other tree stump. Like, oh, they, were, they were doing fun. those, like, in, like, 73, 72. You Parkour. Know, like, Jeez. So just, like, doing weird film cut and stuff. And my dad was like – or my uncle was like, you know, your dad and Uncle Joe, like, man, they'd be up in their room with, you know, Pink Floyd or Zeppelin on for, you know, days. <laughs> just, you know, my dad, was a, my dad was an artist. He drew. My Uncle Joe was a piano player. So they would just lock themselves Jeez. up and just do art and – basically insinuating that I'm sure yeah. in 1972, yeah. the, the, the two, you know, the two artists, uh, the two big artists of the family, um, dabbled, you know, yes, for sure. Probably, probably. And I think that my, I, it's, it's a shame that I, it took me this long to find psychedelics to be taken with intention like this, because I would have loved to have had like, like that wouldn't have been a conversation off the table with him. He was that kind of guy. He always had something kind of deep say about it. So anyway, had that experience. Steve asked me to come share it on the on the radio show, which is an hour long. Um, it's a very quick show, especially if you're taking callers or like if yeah. a caller gets through, that that might eat up a quarter of your show. Yeah, like I that, had no idea know? what I was doing. Callers yeah. would call, and I'd be like, well, "What else is new?" He just was learning as you go, <laughs> and they'd be like, well, "I don't know." I'd be like, "Okay, well, we'll just do this on the but radio." We had some, I mean, we had a lot of fun though, man. It was really cool. But that first show, I go on there to talk about ayahuasca. I meet him out in the parking lot. It's the very first time we've ever met in person. And uh, we just, you know, give each other a big hug. End up getting so blitzed that, that was the deal. when we go in there, that was the deal. we go inside of the studio and Steve's running the show. And it's been like maybe 35 minutes. I don't think I've said anything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I haven't said anything <laughs> this entire time. And like Steve tries to turn it to me and I'm just like, uh, Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, like just short, like one word answers. Like, and I'm like nodding. Like people can see me. Like, you yeah. know. I re-listened to our first show and I was blown away at how little Craig said. Cause now I said, Craig, you have to talk, dude. Yeah. Like now I, I 
the reason I love going on this journey with this dude, and I do, is because he kind of fills in the gaps. Like, I didn't really want to run my own show. If I ran my own show, I did the Steven Internet show for a while, which my brain is just always just kind of cooking. It's nothing really coherent. It's nothing coherent. I'm all over the place. So for me to run my own show and actually try to – if I was going to do a radio show, it would just be an hour of madness, you know, and be like, now's an interview. Be like, yeah, you were just talking about your dad seeing him bend over and touch his toes one time. Well, he, you know what I mean? Like, we can't transition that well. Into the interview. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so having him on board and being able to – he's got like a polished – yet uh you know unrefined or, or unique style to it you know it's like a it's a nice thing and we i think we play off each other well so it's been balance. great yeah. yeah i totally thanks man that came across immediately when i met you both right so it's for the listeners like we all met at the mocam BizCon expo yeah. at the union station and you guys had a booth set up and you were doing a ton of interviews the whole time while you're there but there's a very clear dichotomy in your energy right now when you first meet each other like when i first met you guys i didn't realize how funny craig was like it, it, you had to talk to you longer to realize Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah I, I, like Steve, Steve can warm anybody up immediately. Right out the like gate. you're just, <laughs> I'm a you're shot. Telling, you're telling dick jokes <laughs> from the get go. Yeah. I'm a oh, shot of Rumbleman. Shame, like the thing is, is uh, you know, a little uh, anecdote here, I guess. We Uh-oh. we uh, were Uh-oh. hanging out over over the weekend. You know, we're all just wanting to hang out, and Steve said uh, one of the most horrific things anybody's ever heard, and I don't even like. I have tried to repress it in just <laughs> days' time so well that I'm not even 100% sure what he said, but I'm pretty sure what he said. And, uh, no, he explicitly said it. And I remember, like, in the room, my fiance's like, you really don't hear it until we hear it, do you? you just, and he's like, yep, I just say shit. So I can appreciate that. I really can. As, as, a, like, as a partner, I'm like, oh, dude, we're there. without a doubt, listen, inevitably one day – we're going to be sued for something that Steve says. It's almost a guarantee. We're going to be sued for it, or we're going to we're going to incur some kind of fines or something. But it's a risk I'm willing to take because a lot of times I find myself, you know, the at least the one person laughing in the room. I get the joke. I appreciate the joke. And you know, go 30, big or go home. Thirty percent of the jokes that we tell each other could never be repeated, no. recorded, or just because I think that, that we're constantly just searching for that. Uh, that shock laugh, but at the yeah. same, but but it's still smart. It's not just a cheap. Yeah, you know, it's not just a cheap joke. Yeah, and it really takes digging like some dark and twisted situations. I mean, we go to concerts, we have an active shooter protocol. Like we're just looking the room, like okay, if an active shooter comes in, what's and it's the awful. play? No one wants to what's hear the this. Play? Nobody play. wants to hear. We're it. not heroes in our own protocol. Okay, we're we're, well, we're, sur- we're survivors. In I do our that own everywhere. Protocol. I'm like, where are the exits? Like, where do I need to sit? I'm, I don't. I'm, think, I'm so weirdo like that though. Yeah, I, know. I don't know that it's so weird. Well, I we sit deal my with back to walls like in restaurants and shit. Like I, make I, sure do, I, I do that. I've done that for, since forever. Well, yeah. now knowing veterans too, and knowing that that actually you know is a deal, I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't feel so. Also good about it now, but uh, you, know, you gotta have <laughs> an active shooter. There. <laughs> yeah. You guys have oh. me wondering what you said. Who? You, what did you say? Oh, the other night. Oh, oh God, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost sorry I even brought it up. But <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say it. No, I, no, I'm not gonna say. Oh, it. We can move I, on if you can want we to. Say it on this podcast. <laughs> say it's awful. Want, dude. <laughs> What, what, what was that? What were we what? talking about? Yeah, you almost need the context. Without the context, context is like, everything. The problem yeah. is, I don't, like, I don't really get offended easily. Like, just people just take words too serious sometimes. It was something. I totally agree. Yeah. Please remind me, because so much comes out of my mouth. Like, I know what the premise was. Well, it was like all I remember was it was an act of defecation on my wife's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on yeah. the shit on my wife's pussy. <laughs> See, like, that's a Dice Clay joke uh, okay. to me. Like, that's yeah. a Dice Clay joke. <laughs> hey, I felt free. good about it. I get, like, this vibration. Like, we're all just, like, antenna. I get, like, this. If I know something hot's coming from up, I don't know what it is yet. But I know I'm like, oh, here comes the shit, shit on your pussy. You know what I mean? Like, it just <laughs> comes out of me. And I feel like it. I mean, I'm not I'm not one to kink shame. I'm, I'm truly no, not. not at all. Uh, but I just remember, like. I'm a big fan of, you know what, like if you're going to strike out, strike out swinging. Don't put the bat on your shoulder. Hey, I will never you know go down I mean? looking. And so, like, I'll hit a ball I'm looking off at the Steve. plate. He's got, a, he's got a room teed up. The ball's teed up. He just loses eye contact with the ball. He closes his eyes because he's swinging for the stars. And he just swings right through, a, a, I mean, a, just a meat fastball. Just swung. He missed it. But he went down swinging. I can't be mad at him for oh, that. Oh, I think I knocked it out of the park, I like walked, in my head. I wanted to walk, like, in. 
to a wall, like not bang up against the wall. I wanted to just walk <laughs> into a wall and just stay stop there. just in between the drywall. That's where I wanted to live. I thought you were going to tell the Halloween one. I don't remember that one. With uh, my mother-in-law. Oh, Jesus. Criminy. What was that? I said something just very vulgar. About, but here's the deal. Have you ever said something that's like, oh, fuck, did I just say that? And yes. then just like immediately regret that? Yeah, but I, yes, ha- right? I have the energy to play it off pretty well. Dude. Because, see, I get very offended by people who will take the easy dick joke, even though I take it all the time. I feel like I need to write a, a, a thesis on the, the art of the dick joke. How you know what I mean? Them. Just Thank you. Um, you get it. So – there, you can just talk about wieners all day, guys, and it's funny, right? But when you can s- say something that, A, maybe no one's ever heard before, or B, just like we, we listen to this, uh, you know, Shane Shane Moss and Dave Dave Waite. Yeah, Shane Moss is awesome. I love his podcast. I saw him at the Helium when he was here probably like a year ago. Oh, he, he was, was just amazing. here a few weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. He was that. great, man. Yeah, well, yeah. la- la- when you saw him for the Psychonautics tour, or for the Psychedelic it was r- Tour. So he came here twice in that same year. He oh, did the okay. Psychedelic Tour, and then he came back immediately after that. And um, honestly, dude, I didn't even know who he was. They just sent free tickets out. And I'm cool. Like, oh. And then I went. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I fucking just binge listened to his whole oh, podcast. Oh, he's got a great he's podcast, awesome. man. Yeah. It's a really good So you've one. heard that podcast? Yeah, here we are. Do you want to do you want to hear a joke? Sure. <laughs> it's my dick. That's a different podcast. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so so Steve gets in the car and he's like, "Dude, I found I found his podcast." I'm like, "Dude, I've been telling you about his podcast." He's like, "No, no, it's called uh, Riffin. Riffin with oh. Dave Waite and Dave Waite's friend." Yeah. And Dave Waite so was worse. the comedian that was also there with Shane Moss. And Steve is like, "You just you got to hear it. You got to hear it." It's two comedians. And it's just a, I mean, what it is, it's just two dudes just working working goofs man yeah like they're just they're just trying to write jokes you it's know? all i ever wanted to be and st- and when i listened to it i totally got why steve loved it like yeah. I, I totally understood my partner that much more you know i'm like it's important to know your partner and what they like for sure other we gotta communicate we communicate yeah i yeah. think that's one of the things we do very well to each other yeah and we also it's also a a lovingly abusive relationship like sure like any shit that's the that we, we are because the jokes get so uh, perverse, you know, uh, when the two of us experience some real anger or just disappointment, the other person is the perfect fucking punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. And I mean, we get really <clears throat> chippy typically on uh, uh, show, show day, day. Yeah. typically show day, like the morning of. We're just taking shots at one another. It's always something that just tweaks one of us a little bit. And then it just kind of turns into this. It's to, great. to where it, it turns into it really it turns into material. It's like, an exercise in being petty a as total fuck. cocksucker to someone and knowing that they're like, oh, that was pretty good. All right, you want to say, okay, I will hurt your feelings. That's what, <laughs> real, that's what real friends do. Totally. And he'll tell me shit that no one else will say. You know what I mean? Like, I got a couple of real close friends that we can really just bust each other's balls, you know, like guys yeah, do. I've been getting into that busting oh, category sorry, lately. Sorry. It's just. That ever since you showed me that, ever since you showed me that one video, <clears throat> where that chick is totally just punching that guy's. Listen, bean you're bag an MMA her. guy, yeah. all right. And this gal is, I mean, she's stacked, dude. She is stout. And this video consists of we want to do. I think here's the deal, and I, I would even be willing to bring you in on this. We got to do a YouTube channel of you. Remember how like they would do the two girls one cup reaction videos Mm -hmm. the reaction video to this like i've not seen a man watch it and i almost want to get you on camera like this would be something that we bring to your podcast uh especially if you're recording here because Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where uh i don't know that i've ever been as entertained as much as the cacophony of faces i've seen men make watching this I got it queued up if we want to do this. Yeah. Can we show it to him without that? We don't need to give him the sound or anything. Or I mean, whatever. There's nothing real bad about it other than it's one of the most absolute horrendous let's things see. Oh, seen. Let's see. So the, uh, the camera can see your face while you watch it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is that happening? <laughs> Why am I, still, look at, I can't. I can't look, look away at, though. Look at how uh, how thick and strong her thighs are. <laughs> she like does deadlifts for real. She's kicking the shit out of it. <laughs> she is. He's sweating. He's sweating right now. His dick looks swollen. Look at that. Is oh, it swollen? obviously, it's definitely swollen. Look at his nuts. Oh, the knees. Now she's getting need. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> dude. She's got nice technique too, am I right? Oh dude, those are good uppercuts, man. Oh yeah, she's just straight soccer kicking it. 
<laughs> She's trying to kick it off his body. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to kick it right off his body. Oh, well, it's a surefire way to make your dick grow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's, oh, what's oh. out? Oh! 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 The, video, the reaction video really gets the best. Oh. The end is the best. The reaction Dude. video gets the oh best. Oh my god! At the very end, you I'm have sorry. to see the. Uh, I'm sorry. Dude, I'm that's sorry. brutal. Dude, I was hurting. I'm sorry. I, I don't hurting. know how we got there, but that's I'm how sorry. I got into busting because that shit makes me laugh, and I can't look away from whatever. <laughs> I can't. I cannot look away. I've so seen you know it 40 we have like times. mirror neurons, like when we see something as if we're experiencing it, right? So like I feel like I'm just getting kicked in my dick right there the whole time I'm, I'm watching. I know, right? <laughs> 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 I've watched it 40 Crazy. times. Oh. Oh, shit. So have you done stand-up? I did a 15-minute set one time. Yeah. Maybe it was 13. Well, how long was it? It was right in between 10 and 15 minutes. So I did just – it was not real. It was a bunch of our friends in a place. We had a benefit. So, I mean, it was a real deal. Don't want to discredit the event. It was me telling jokes to my friends. I mean, there were a few strangers in there, but – right. But you're not like hitting open mics and like working that grind. No, I, I would love to. I just don't. I, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do comedy. Man. I think. I think Steve it, is. It is living, a lot of time. I think Steve is living in like a late night between two ferns style interview comedy show because yeah, like I, to this day, I mean, we talk every single day. We talk about the show where we're going. We we kind of hash out what we're trying to do over the next month, year, couple years, you know. Yeah. And uh, every day. He'll say he, he's got something new mm-hmm. that's gonna make me laugh. Like it's gonna it's gonna make me laugh. Yeah, you know? you found and that's your, something you found that I really that's something that I really appreciate because and especially you know people that that tuned into the Steven Internet Show. He doesn't do it as much anymore, but like he had sustained viewers when he when he set a time and stuck to the time or just kind of fuck with them a little bit and just went like three minutes late or yeah. three minutes early every time just to kind of keep psychological them. fucking just, game. Yeah, he likes to play the game, and I can appreciate that. Like, I like that shit. It's warfare. And he knows. He'll know I'm doing shit, and he'll text me. I'll be like, oh, finally fuck Craig over. At least he doesn't know what I'm doing. He'll be like, hey, nice job backdooring that thing and having the time go four minutes late. That'll really make him thirsty. And I'm like, how the hell did he know that I was doing that? So I'm like, I don't under. He's a Jedi. He, he's got a little bit of that in him. Which For sure, nice. I felt that instantly. Because I'm like the I'm a jackal and he's the Jedi, and it's a nice little little dichotomy, man. For sure, man. I I, I have a lot of fun, and uh, I have honest, a lot so of the, fun. The too. more, well, I mean, the more that I'm around him, like he he's still I embarrass easily. Like as as much as like we get you know in front of a crowd, and I'll say some shit that doesn't really embarrass me, or I don't really care how people take it. He comes out of left field often, like at the gas station or wherever where I'm like, well, like 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 the fucking I just wanted to disappear into the wall thing. Like that is often where I just want to just melt like a puddle and just fucking just squeak under the crack of the door. Like he did not just say that. I love. But without fail, 20 minutes later, I'm dying laughing. Yeah, it's a good know? opportunity for growth, right? It's, it's great. But what, because I'm around that more often, I'm more. Uh, comfortable in my own skin, yeah. and I'm a pretty comfortable dude in my yeah. own skin. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's just like that one thing that I don't have yeah. is that like I, I people are like you ought to do man on the street type stuff. I was like I'll hold a camera for man on the street. I'm not a good I'm not a good straight face guy. Yeah. Yeah. I wear my emotions, you know, pretty. He does yeah. pretty turbulently. So how old were you? So was that ayahuasca experience? Was that your first psychedelic venture? No. Okay. So no. like you more like rec- you've done like I guess just like party recreational before. Yeah. That, well, or? and I'd actually. I'm, just, I'm so curious. About I'd actually taken a. Uh, you know, I'd actually started to take psilocybin with a bit more intention. Probably okay. two years leading up to that, maybe three years leading up to that. My first psychedelic experience. Well, I was actually kind of a late bloomer. Um, I was probably eighteen or nineteen when I when I did it. Um, okay. When you, you got know, your I first did, pube, I did mushrooms. And then uh, it took me a long time to come around on, like, on acid or anything like that. Like, it just, to me, it just seemed like, you know, I'd just like to stick with anything a caveman can do. And that was really, like, just yeah, like where I was at. Okay, you know, if it comes out of the earth and they did it, I'm in. That's a safe you know? bet to start, though, right? I, I mean, mean, that's that's kind of where I was fun. at. And it wasn't until I had maybe some more mind-expanding experiences where I, like, opened my mind up to, you know, the idea of, of, of chemicals, which that sounds weird. But... I mean, we're all chemicals, right? Like that's. Yeah. I, I say that in that regard. Like I was just reading about Dennis McKenna talking about how like it drives him crazy that people don't you know say that you can't have a spiritual experience using drugs when we're all made of drugs. Yeah, so drug like, is such an arbitrary. It's a term. weird term, right? It and is. So like, so like, it's there's a weird way to. 
put things and it kind of sounds gross coming out, but people I think with experience would understand where I'm coming from. Like yeah. I was explaining to Shane Mossa uh, the experience I had on ayahuasca or one of them, like it was like a past life regression where I went through these different stages mm-hmm. of existence. And I'm like, and I know I sound crazy. He's like, you don't sound crazy to me. I you only sound crazy been... to people who have never experienced right. it. And, and it's not hard to find out if that person's experienced it pretty quick. Like yeah. that's something that uh, me and, uh, and my cousin uh, married this brilliant musician local musician shout out to ryan watts he's awesome homosexuals lead singer award the the wargs he's got a game of thrones band called the wargs they're awesome i'm hoping uh, to get pregnant by them but when but when we <laughs> but when we uh when we talked the first both. time we both just knew that we'd been to that same place and touched that same thing like our and to this day we live a very like we're almost like it seems like a parallel existence where like we're just kind of riding the same until the same and you'll meet people like that Throughout this journey, the more that you kind of open yourself up to that channel, I'm a firm believer in that. Like 100%. you find those people that have been there, touched that thing, had that experience, that are still trying themselves to put it into words. Yeah, you know, you can build a uh, an unspoken bond with somebody like that so quickly just by the understanding that comes along with that. With, it's with that it's profound. It can be profound. It can be deep. One hundred percent. Words don't do it justice most of the time. No. no. Not at all. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's insufficient. I mean, I think that that's why McKenna was so brilliant because he had McKenna was great. Like he was really good at taking high doses of you know uh, of of psychedelics and other substances. But what made him truly you know just a treasure was his grasp of the English language and the way that he would go and find the word you know that make you know and say things like the syntactical nature of reality is that the world is made up of words. You know, our existence is made up of words. Mind blown. And so whatever, you know, whatever we say does become reality. reality. We, we make it real. We That's what magic is, yeah. the, the real the real idea of magic. Anyway, so it was until, you know, I was probably in my late 20s when I started to actually just lay down and try and have some thoughts about what I was, what I was doing. I actually had a friend <clears throat> reach out to me and say, what do you know about psilocybin? And at that point, I hadn't had a psychedelic experience in probably five years, yeah. you know, five or six, five, maybe probably four or five years. But, um, and when he asked me, I said, well, I think everybody should do them at least once, at least twice, actually. I think at least twice. Okay. Three times, a, three times. But I mean, four. the difference between I'm my first time, <laughs> between the first time and my second time was, was, uh, if I would have let the fear that came along with my first time, keep me from trying it again i would have missed out on so much yeah beauty and, when you know and, what's and that's person. what's dangerous about just telling anybody hey go out and try it without them really knowing the, oh, the value oh, of yeah. set and setting and, and, ha- and setting an intention and yes. being in a safe space because the first time i did it i wasn't in a safe space and i was absolutely miserable yeah you know so yeah that's important stuff yeah for sure no, it's like uh joe Weezy's brother uh teddy teddy uh he said you know when he was trying to explain tripping to someone, it's like going to the ocean and the beach, going to Florida and bringing back some salt water and some sand in your hands and bringing it back to someone here and saying, well, there's the ocean. here's what the ocean yeah. and the beach is like. And they're like, I don't, that doesn't quite explain it for me. And you're like, well, it's made up of this and we're all me. Oh no. So you do. It's, it's a very hard thing to try to explain to somebody. Dude, I had a psilocybin experience and, um, I probably took like seven, yeah, seven grams and I went pretty deep. Good and for you, man. <clears throat> well, the issue was, here's my problem. I made plans later in that day. I thought, no, I fucked no. up. That's a bad no. idea. You made plans <laughs> <laughs> while on the mushrooms? Fucked up, dude. I thought it'd be, I thought I should have went that deep. I thought it'd maybe be, I didn't want to drink. I thought maybe it'd be like, just like, had you taken any for? Yeah. It wasn't my first experience. So you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, but years. I wasn't ready to go that deep. And I had I had have been to that place. Seven bef- can be deep. You you go to this yeah. place where time doesn't exist, yet you can grasp that. You know what I mean? Like as in this state, like we say infinity, we say forever, but we don't really know, right? But when you go there, like when you feel it, uh, yeah, like you don't. Infinity is not something that you see. Right, like yeah. it's not something you see; it's something no. that you it's experience, dude. It's something that you experience. It's something that you hear, see, smell, feel it's, all at you once. All like encompass, a, yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. So I was like, man, all right, well, I'm going to this place, but like I had to be at this place later on. So I started freaking the fuck out because I was trying to get back to reality. And then like I, there was this moment to where I felt like all of a sudden I became just aware. 
Like, you know, like you just wake up, you're like, oh, shit, like, that's what's been going on all this time. But I felt like that was, like, now I'm living in this state and my whole life is what I just woke up from. I was like, dude, are my kids real? Like, did I just go to, did I go to work the other day? Like, my best friend, like, did that really happen? I questioned everything, dude. I was freaking the fuck out for a second. Yeah, it was an intense moment. And then, like, I fucking brought myself back down and everything. I came back to reality. And, like, I ended up going out later, like, that day. <laughs> but the issue was I realized, like, why I had such a – Was this – this was during the day, clearly? This was during the day. Like, I had probably, like, f- six hours until I needed to go out. I had plenty of time, really. But because I, like yeah, – I felt like – no, no, six time. hours is not plenty of time. Well, okay. For psilocybin, though, I just felt like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can lay down. and But I felt like in that moment, if I lay down, I'm not going to wake up until tomorrow. I'm like – because I'm just, I'm just going off. Yeah. Like, I'm no longer in this, in this plane of existence anymore. And I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to discipline for, disappear from this plane, but I had no choice. I had no choice but to go, right? So I went <laughs> that's there. A, that's it's a tough place to be. I too. fought it as as when as it's hard telling as you, it's like come with us, man, and you're like, I can't. I got shit to do later. Like, <laughs> nope. They're like, all the secrets are over There's here. There's no whisper, and they're like, go, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. At, at those high doses, man, like it's. It was a good learning. Experience. I don't think they're really like quote unquote bad trips. I think there can be challenging totally. experiences, and totally. it's just like whatever you take from it. I always learn from those. Like I've never like let those steer me from things because. I know, I know why that happened. And it's like, all right, well, next time, look, let's just be fucking smarter. Like, I still yeah. got some really good downloads from the experience. Yeah. I mean, I, we've talked on our, my sh- our show about it. Like, you know, for me, I am, I can't, I don't have a hard experiences anymore. It's the most, the most egotistical thing, the most egocentric thing that comes out of my trips. Because for the most part, you know, it definitely uh, highlights your oneness. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but the most egotistical thing about all of it is that I'm typically envious of people that have had a hard purge and a hard go, maybe a scary go had like my last, and I'm not exaggerating. My last 14 psychedelic experiences have been rainbows and sunshine. Like it's, I am all, I am a happy, not even so much happy. Just, I am, uh, uh, a very content traveler. Yeah. And I'm just kind of making the most of what I can. I mean, some things can kind of throw me on tilt for a minute, but, like, I'm pretty good at reeling that in. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I see friends at an ayahuasca ceremony or something like that that are having this purge and then, you know, uh, uh, sharing their purge with people and what it looked like to puke those demons up and what it yeah. felt like to do all that. And I'm like, oh. It feels so good to work through those tough experiences. I agree. I've had a few of them. And, I agree. And it's always like it's always like what are you like what's your mindset going into it is usually going to dictate yeah. like what that experience is. Yeah. But they can be super powerful. They can definitely help people. Um, totally. I feel like so I haven't I, I stopped fighting two years ago. I don't have the desire to compete like in a physical space like that anymore. And I wonder some of it is just because like has my ego been shut down because of the number of experiences I have. Like I don't have that anymore. There's something there. I don't know. I, I, I think there's something there. I well, mean, I, I always think, uh, you know, with the jujitsu, uh, you know, learning more about jujitsu with like the the high rollers tournament and stuff mm-hmm. like that, how you can kind of incorporate some of these plant medicines into it. Um, I thought, you know, if two guys do have that warrior spirit, and maybe have blasted off a few times, um, that you know, you almost get a more of a respect for someone that you're trying to beat them in battle. But I could see where you're like. Oh, I don't want to get punched in the face anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, how old did you say you were? 31? I'm 31. 31. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of that probably comes with our. Some of us with age. I yeah. still love to compete and train jujitsu. Uh, well, not compete. I still love to train and improve and like compete yeah. in the practice room. But like even doing jujitsu tournaments or just like. There's a lot of uh, ego in uh, in MMA, especially. There's combat sports, right? I mean, you kind of have to be. You're fucking. I would hope so. You're the big yeah, chimp the, on the, the hill. Yeah, the best fighter should have a little yeah, spunk. Yeah, you, sure. you have to. And then, like, once you don't have that anymore, you just can't be competitive. All right? the best fighters have the best spunk. Oh, for sure. Steve <laughs> taste test them. Whenever you're trying to handicap fighters, you send Steven to a room. He comes out. He's like, this kid's six to five. <laughs> He's and he's got a little HGH in there. Yeah, I'm also testing for drugs. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it stays in the protein. No, there's something to it, though, man. Like I, I, you know, my competitive drive was absolutely de- not even just my competitive drive. Steve and I talk about it all the time. There was, I'm 34 years old. There were 30 years of my life where sports were. I'll call it 28 years of my life where sports were everything. Yeah. I knew the sport of every game that was going on TV. Like, 
the TV was wrong. Like I, I knew I was a pretty good fantasy player and everything just because I knew random crap about. Oh yeah, Sports Center played five yep. times in a row in the morning, back to back to back. And I would yeah. just be like, Whoa, "Watch the top ten again." Oh man, I wonder what happens. I mean, this and just time. burn that into your brain. So like with with all of that, and I was you know I competed and Steve was talking about this too. Like our parents allowed us to play every sport. CYC was, as a kid. Like, know, was CYC was affordable. Growing up as a kid in the city, like playing sports and playing competitive sports, we were, yeah. you know, pretty active little kids. Uh, you know, like it was fairly reasonable. And now as dads, you know, to, to try and get your kid to play competitive baseball right now or try and get your kid to play competitive soccer, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars a Dude, year. Dude, it's fucking big business to have these kids yeah. play sports. It's outrageous, own. man. And, like, they've actually priced out what could be a lot of really great little athletic kids. Definitely. Like, some it, of the best kids that I played with oh growing God, up were, yeah. the, were the most ragtag poorest kids on, in they the They didn't have a TV. They had to go kick around a soccer yeah, ball. Yeah, kick around a, a wet lumpy. newspaper. Yeah, exactly. And then they go like, <laughs> oh, soccer ball's a lot easier than my <laughs> uncle's severed head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, flashback for a minute. Especially if it's like an oblong head. <laughs> exactly. Uncle Milk doesn't roll away. Yeah, yeah. Play, they played rugby. Oh. They just they just made do. Oh. Life gives you limits. Well, you smash his skull with a hammer enough, <laughs> you'll be able to mold it <laughs> It's totally malleable. Uh, <laughs> I love the word malleable. It's a good word. I love that word. I like making noises with my mouth. Me yeah. Do. Um, Steve's a guttural guy. <laughs> I like it when it comes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fellas, I know you guys have something pretty soon, so I want to be respectful of your time. Um, what are you done talking to or something? I'll sit here all night. This dude, is a I great can, conversation. You guys said you had a You're board meeting in like 25 minutes. All right. Thank you. He mentioned the board right. meeting. I'm we're, good with it. We're I'm good do, with it. He uh, mentioned we're board we members. Get, we can give me like, yeah, that's that. We are kind of a big deal. You guys are pretty important what when, time you're, you're, when you're on a board. Yeah, we'll get it. We got go. Okay. 10 minutes? Six fifty. Roll. Oh, yeah, yeah, do a six fifty. Let's just do fifty. Uh, oh, yeah. Couple minute let's, wrap yeah. up. We'll let's wrap, wrap it up. up. Yeah, let's wrap I'll, it up. I'll turn it over to you guys. Like you know, if you want to tell the folks kind of you know how they can get a hold of you. You know your uh, you know your personal uh, pages. Obviously the Hoosier Sophisticate page. Uh, what's, I'll go What's first. up next? Spit it, guys. Um, uh, you know I'm not gonna sit here. I'm gonna let Craig do the uh, the stuff. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you about we're at Hoosier Sophisticate on Facebook. And on Instagram and mycelial media on YouTube, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, okay? What I'm going to give you is a little gem, all right? Thank you is an action, okay, people? All right? That's what we're dealing with. If you want to <laughs> give thanks, go out there and give it. Go out and be a better person, okay? Be better than you were the day before. And if you're not, it's okay because you're just a series of little decisions. Try to make some good ones. Listen to your heart. Listen to Adam and Steve. Okay? Craig, it's your turn. <laughs> it was Adam and Eve. Genesis clearly. Adam and it was Steve. Adam and Eve. <laughs> Adam and Steve. Good call. <laughs> Guys, uh, yeah, we would love for you to follow along with Hoosier Sophisticate on all major podcasts and platforms except for Spotify. Fuck those guys. It's because they, they switched to make you do uh, MP3s. Well, well, because we got a lot of music because we're a radio show. So like, there's the a lot of music that is all of our rejoins and stuff like that. So Even like would, YouTube supermarket music. We like, would essentially lose half of our uh, downloaded content. So that's one of the mm. one of the struggles with being on the radio. So we've, I mean, probably the last five months or so, we've had some yeah. our own music yeah. and opens yeah. and things like that. Things we have permission to. Yeah. So yeah, you can check us out on all major platforms. Uh, if I get, am I going to leave you with something? Uh, you don't have to. Yeah. No. Life isn't linear. Life Time, isn't. Yeah. Life is not linear, man. Yeah. Just, uh, you know. Yeah, baby. Make, make good decisions. I already or said don't. that. Did you say make it. good yeah, decisions? I oh, We're just a series shit. of little tiny decisions. Make good ones, you know. Oh, good job. Uh, thank you. Damn, uh, Steve Adam got deep on me, guys. <laughs> I did on go me. deep he on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a big fan of not giving, not to, yeah, gargle. <laughs> I'm a big fan of not having not everything having to have a meaning. And let me tell you about this. I'll sum it up for Craig. This guy has the best outlook on life. Like even if shit is hitting the fan all around him, he is a steady rock, at least around, you know, the business side and around friendship. Like I couldn't ask for a better dude. My guy. Like he's just even keel and always willing to get into the crazy shit with me because I've run through friends. You can tell. Like you said, it takes a while to like him. Yeah. I'm 15 minutes, yeah. and you're done with me for life. Like this is going to be – you'll get the highest numbers you ever had on this podcast at first. 
10, 15 minutes into it, it's going to be a big drop-off because they're going to be like, that guy is talking too much. Too much with him. But that's what I got to say about Craig. He's just a Sometimes awesome wasting time is just wasting time, man. And when it is, it allows you to kind of tune into what other people are doing around you. You know, he's like Matthew every, McConaughey. Not everything has to have a. Not everything has to rape. have a. <laughs> without all the statutory rape. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess stay the same age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Well, yeah. I, hey, that's all I got, man. Check us out. Uh, thanks for having us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, shout out to our wives too, because they're the ones watching things. Yeah, well, or whatever. Um, but call. they'll never listen to this. Um, they probably actually are subscribed. Ten to years, they're, they're listening to it like right now. That's why I do all this. So when my son's like twenty five, like, really my dad is, was dude. a freak of nature. Um, so shout out to Jenny, shout out to Missy, because they they're everything, man. Right on. They hold it all together, man. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, you guys are awesome. I love you both. I feel love like you too, man. You guys are brothers. I've only known you guys for like two weeks now or whatever it is. Yeah, it was cool, man. Forever, it was great so. to meet you. We love yeah. to see other people doing what we're doing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just getting the word Peers, out. Peers, baby. Challenging challenging yeah. the way people are thinking, man. Like I love yeah. I love the name of your podcast, man. Like that's that's all we've ever sought to bring to anybody was just a little perspective. It's all we're, it's all we're all searching for, man. So, all right, guys. Until next time. That was great. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you got value out of that podcast, please do me a favor and tell a friend. Leave a rating, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. And uh, as always, go check out my buddy Justin Bricker's podcast, The Why Not Podcast. He's having a lot of cool conversations. He's dropping an episode a week. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later.